Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction, and Saving Me One Day at a Time, Finding Light Amidst the Shadows of Addiction. I am here for you and this podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, to reclaim your power and to live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. So since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing that we can do is take back our power and focus on us ourselves. Just remember that the thoughts and perspectives that I share on this show are mine and those of the guests on the show. So if you ever hear anything harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and we always aim to do better and we value your feedback as well as your permission to be human. So please use all the content here as educational and informational and not for the purpose of medical diagnosis, treatment, or prescription in any form. That being said, let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I'm the author of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. And I'm so excited because my other book is now available called Saving Me One Day at a Time. This is a book that I so needed when I was going through the muck of loving someone with an addiction, just daily support to help kind of set the day in a really wonderful, positive way that feels uplifting and just allows you to check in with yourself every morning. And that is why I created this book. It's basically about finding light amidst the shadows of addiction. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I love my own book. I know it sounds absolutely crazy, but I do. I wake up and I just read the insights. I have beautiful quotes on every single page. I have themes for every single day. And then I elaborate on the themes. Some of the days have affirmations. Some of the days have reflective questions just to really support you along this way. I am on a mission that I am not turning, putting struggle to waste. So what I went through, I want to make sure that I am here for you. I have a background in psychology and then I did postgraduate training in resilience and positive psychology. And I just want to make sure that I am spreading the love and that I am here to show up and feel like I am touching all of you who are in such a challenging circumstance. When you find yourself loving or losing someone to addiction, it is devastating. It is so hard. 
So today I am so excited about this podcast and I say I'm excited a lot because I do, I'm, I get really excited about certain topics that can help, that can really help us navigate the complexities of addiction. So today the theme is all about this idea of it'll get better. And my question to you is, have you had your, heard yourself saying this? Have you caught yourself saying that? I kept, I know it for me, I kept saying that. I kept saying, it'll get better. You know, just, you know, try your best, Andrea. Or I would talk to myself. I'd be like, you know, this is just a phase. He's going through some tough times. Uh, it'll get better. Like, and so what was happening is that I kept telling myself that it'll get better But then I had to get honest by the time, like it just kept happening over and over again. He hid his addiction until he couldn't hide it anymore. And then we were on that path to, I promise I won't do it again. And then he does it and love bombs me and then disappears and then binges and comes back, sleeps for days, blah, 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 blah. You probably know the cycle. I don't need to tell you. But for me, I was in a place that kept saying, well, and hoping, hoping that it would get better. And you might be saying that too. So the question is, but will it? And it gets to a point, it did for me, it got to a point where I realized this is not getting better. This is getting worse. He is getting worse. This is a huge problem. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about the dangers of optimistic thinking in dealing with addiction because we always hear, you know, be positive and, you know, be optimistic and look for the brighter side and think, you know, and, and set focus on the good and this and that. However, did you know that that type of thinking can actually get us into trouble? So we often hear that phrase, it'll get better. You know, this is like a beacon of hope and, you know, in times of struggle to tell ourselves in times of adversity to help us get through it. And so I'm not downplaying, well, optimism is really for sure a powerful tool for motivation. It's also a powerful tool, and science has confirmed this, to help us to be more resilient. Optimism actually can contribute to subjective well-being. And so I'm not downplaying the power of optimism and that there are situations where that mindset can actually be a blessing, but it can also be a curse. And so I just wanted to talk about this a little bit more in this episode and just kind of uh, break it all down, right? So you can, basically you could be loving, loving someone with an addiction. It is so hard because it is not your typical behavior. And it is, some people would call it an illness. Some people call it a disease. Uh, You know, all these things, some people say it starts with a choice, but then it's no longer a choice. And so pushing all that aside, that is why addiction is so complex. And when you love someone with an addiction, this mindset of it'll get better can be a blessing and help you through and be resilient and and kind of help you to um, to feel stronger and more motivated uh, to stay with someone or be in that situation longer. Uh, that could be a blessing, but it also can be a curse. So I wanted to explore the benefits and the potential hazards of it'll get better thinking. So. 
we're going to talk about the psychology behind it, little insights, and also real life examples to help just provide us with a really comprehensive understanding of the complexity of what's involved here. So let's first talk about the benefits of optimistic thinking, because there is science that actually confirms that optimistic thinking can help us in so many ways. It provides motivation. It provides us with hope. So optimism can be a really powerful motivator. So believing that things are going to improve, that things are going to get better, we give individuals the benefit of the doubt. Um, We also give ourselves the strength to persevere. If we believe things are going to get better, we can stick it out a heck of a lot longer. And I think for me, I probably stayed really, really long, way longer than I probably should have with the abuse that I was putting up with, with the, the struggle that I was enduring. I probably stayed a heck of a lot longer because of my it'll get better thinking. And so this idea here is, is that, yes, that is a benefit of of optimistic thinking is it'll get better, helps us to persevere through challenge, challenging times. It helps us to seek help. It helps us to work towards, you know, recovery with our partner. It helps us in so many ways. It provides us this, this thinking, it'll get better. It provides us with motivation and hope. I remember hoping that things would get better. And I remember that my hope was what kept me there so long and kept me supporting and helping and trying to fix and save and rescue. And so it really did provide me with massive amounts of perseverance. So you can see that how optimistic thinking and it'll get better thinking, telling ourselves that can actually help us. It can help us in a way of motivation and hope and perseverance and grit and and staying power. So another thing that the benefits of optimistic thinking or that it'll get better thinking is that it can actually reduce stress. So it helps with stress reduction. So optimistic thinking can reduce stress and anxiety levels. And let's face it, when you um, I've done the whole last couple podcasts have been all about stress as a pressure cooker and my nerves are shot. And then also like dealing and managing with distress and downregulating the nervous system. So stress reduction is so essential and needed. And actually optimistic thinking or is is a coping strategy. So when we think it'll get better, we're kind of trying to help ourselves by reducing the stress levels and induce reducing the anxiety levels that can often come when we love someone with an addiction. So when we maintain hope that a difficult situation is going to improve, we can relax a little bit, right? Our bodies can release fewer stress hormones. So sometimes we use it as a strategy for stress reduction. So optimistic thinking, you know, it'll get better, could be a coping strategy of us trying to, you know, release fewer stress hormones, right? Which can be beneficial, right? for, For us on so many levels. Another thing, the benefits of optimistic thinking or it'll get better thinking is that 
it does foster resilience. It allows us to bounce back from setbacks. It allows us to bounce back from disappointment. It allows us to bounce back in a way and keep showing up. I know for me, I was, you know, I, let's try this now. Let's try this now. Let's do this now. And, you know, it, it's amazing how that it'll get better thinking actually does build resilience. It helps foster more resilience. It allows us to bounce back from setbacks and it maintains a more positive outlook in the face of adversity. So you can see that, right? Like it'll get better. It kind of helps us through the adversity uh, that the adversities that often come when we love someone with an addiction. So this resilience is crucial, right? It can help us when dealing with the unpredictability or the unpredictable nature of addiction. It can help us on so many levels. So it makes sense, right? Okay, so the hazards, let's talk about the hazards of overly optimistic thinking. So overly optimistic thinking is like that thing about it'll get better, right? When we, there is a hazard with that it'll get better thinking is that it can actually lead to what's called delayed action. So it can keep us in very challenging situations longer than maybe we should or could stay. Uh, when, you know, when we're dealing with a lot of stress and trauma, one of the hazards of it'll get better thinking is that it delays our action. It delays our ability to take action for ourselves, to put ourselves first. It delays our action to prioritize our own well-being. And so if we're thinking it'll get better, it keeps us maybe stuck longer in situations that may not be healthy. So we might wait for the love, the addiction to miraculously resolve itself, or we might wait for you know, for them to go into recovery or treatment. And we might be overlooking the need for immediate uh, support, immediate guidance for ourselves, for immediate self-care strategies, self-compassion, right? So it might delay our action um, for intervention, for reaching out for help, for calling friends, things like that. So if we have that, it'll get better thinking. You can see how it might delay our action. So another thing that the hazard of overly optimistic thinking is we might have some unrealistic expectations. I know I did. And so excessive optimism, I kept thinking that the previous version of my addicted loved one would come back. And I kept getting, and I'm sure you are too, you get glimmers of the person that you fell in love with or glimmers of, you know, the son that you know you have. It's amazing because we get this, these glimmers and we get kind of like hope and we get little bits and dosages or we don't get them at all. The person's completely changed and we're just thinking about the person that they once were. And we have this sometimes excessive optimism can create unreal expectations. We might believe that the addiction is going to go away, or we might believe that addiction, you know, will resolve itself, or we might deny that there's even a problem. Um, it'll get better, right? It'll get better. That mentality or that thinking, that overly optimistic thinking may 
cause us and lead to disappointment. It can lead to despair. You know, when things are slower or when there are setbacks or when, you know, we have these unrealistic expectations and that that is what optimistic thinking is one of the hazards are. It makes sense. The other thing that uh, a hazard of overly optimistic thinking is, is that if we're thinking things are going to get better, then we might go about our day without putting up proper boundaries. We might go about our day with being supportive in hopes that things are going to get better, right? So optimism can sometimes cause codependent behaviors and enabling codependent behaviors. So it may cause us to inadvertently enable the person with the addiction because we're continuously hoping that things will improve and we may not be setting boundaries. I know that was it for me. It's like, I didn't even realize it is that because I was so hopeful that things are going to improve and I trusted in his nature and I, I believed it was going to get better what happened was, is I, I didn't set up appropriate boundaries and I didn't seek support when I should have. And I, I left it long. And because I kept thinking it was going to work out and it was going to be, it'll be okay. It'll get better. I pick up payments. I was doing truck payments on his behalf. It'll get better. Um, I was taking up all the bills for the house and this and that. And so you can see how, and I was supporting him and I was enabling, but I was also becoming codependent. My whole world revolved around him. Like it'll get better. I kept saying to myself. So then I was trying to pick up the pieces and trying to put all his needs above my own. And so you can see that, right? And so Another thing, another hazard, so the hazard of overly optimistic thinking uh, can also be psychological insights. So psychologically, optimistic thinking is associated with the human tendency to focus on the positive outcomes. So we might downplay the potential risks, right? So what we do is because we are, they're hazard with this is that we literally are downplaying the potential risk for abuse. We downplay the potential risk for harming our family, our children. We downplay the risk of getting hurt. We downplay the risk of getting abused. We downplay the risk of all the negative tendencies that sometimes surround that dark cloud that surrounds addiction. We maybe downplay really what is going on. And we have this human tendency, this optimistic thinking allows us to really focus on positive incomes, outcomes rather. We think that everything's going to end up positive and that thinking it'll be okay really does cause us to downplay potential risk. So it becomes what's in psychology called a cognitive bias. And so this this cognitive bias, you can tell it can be advantageous. If we think that, you know, positive outcomes, we're playing out positive outcomes and we, we see, we create what's called a confirmation bias or a cognitive bias, where if we think good things are happening, we might look for good things. Like I'll give you an example is I like to believe that I'm lucky. And so now what I do is 
every time I have something that happens good to me or is kind of lucky, like I was on a flight the other day and I got, we, uh, we got two seats together and there was an empty seat. So yay. And the whole plane was like sold out. So I felt lucky. And so I'm looking for every evidence of good luck. Um, and, and it's amazing how you can find it. Your, your brain is wired to have a cognitive bias, a confirmation bias to confirm what we're thinking. So it can work in the positive and it's so good, right? But when it comes to addiction, it's a little trickier because we may be downplaying the potential risk. We might be downplaying or not noticing as much things that could be detrimental to us, uh, things that could be situations that can be harming. So this is really, really, really key. And, and, and you can see the hazard there, right? When we're anticipating positive outcomes, right? We're reinforcing optimism and we might be downplaying some of the potential risks. So I have to say though, addiction is such a complex issue and it it's not always, you know, cut and dry, black and white. There is so much grayness that goes on. So my goal here is just to really delve into this idea of just being aware of it, right? Looking at the cycle of relapse potentially, look at the cycle of addiction, look at, at looking at things from a realistic perspective. Um, and because we're talking about impulses, we're talking about cravings, we're talking about cycles of addiction, we're talking about relapse, we're talking about behavior changes, we're talking about dopamine changes in their brain. There is so much going on that it's not a linear path towards improvement. There are so many you know, falling off the wagon, coming back on. I always called it the merry-go-round. Like it feels like you're going around on a merry-go-round and you know, you fall off, you get bumps and bruises or it's a roller coaster. There's ups and downs. It is so crazy when you love someone with an addiction. It is, there's ups and downs. There's relapses. There's empty promises. There's, there's even addiction-induced narcissism where they are focused wholeheartedly on themselves and their addiction that you don't even matter anymore. So there's so many things that go on. So this idea of it, it'll be okay, it'll get better kind of thinking, I really do challenge you like, but will it? You know, let's look at it from a perspective of the hazards of optimistic thinking, but also the benefits. There are benefits, of course, but then the potential hazards that might come about when we love someone with an addiction because of the complexity, right? It is so complex. So the best things you can do is obviously self-awareness, become more aware of your optimistic thinking, catching yourself when you're saying it'll get better, um, it'll work itself out, those kind of things. Like educate yourself, understand the nature of addiction. It can help you manage your expectations realistically, um, setting boundaries, right? While maintaining hope, you can establish clear boundaries for yourself to protect your own well-being. I always say boundaries are for you to keep your your well-being and your safeguard your mental health. Um, and also thinking about th these, I'm going to give you an actionable nugget actually. So it'll get better thinking is a double, it can be a double-edged sword, right? Especially when dealing with addiction. So knowing that 
optimism can provide hope and motivation and tenacity and grit, but it can also, it also needs to be balanced. It needs to be balanced with a realistic understanding of the complexities of addiction, right? So by incorporating and knowing all what we talked about today is that's the first step. That's the first step to recognizing, hmm, you know, it, it will it get better? It'll get better? Like, am I being realistic here? So one actionable nugget that I wanted to leave with you, this is something that you can put in practice right away that you can kind of navigate and look at what you're, what's going on for your situation is this idea of this exercise that I love. It is it's called the three C's, but not the three C's. It didn't cause it, can't cure it, can't control it. Not those three C's and not the SYKM four C's, which is self-compassion, courage, community, and self-care. These are new three C's. So it's catch, check, and challenge. So when it comes to it'll get better thinking or optimistic thinking when it comes to addiction, I ch- I want you to walk yourself through this. So the first step is catch. Start by catching yourself. When you find yourself kind of thinking, hmm, you're maybe fa- going too far in that optimistic territory or, you know, especially when it comes to your loved one. Recognize when you're saying things like, it'll get better on its own, or they'll change soon. Or when you catch yourself saying those things, that's the first step is just to catch it. If you're saying it'll get better, you know, it'll get better soon, or, you know, they'll change soon, they'll figure it out. Catch yourself. That's the first step. And then the next C is check. So just take a moment to check the realism of your thoughts. Ask yourself if these beliefs are based on evidence, if, you know, if they align with what's going on with the actions, are the actions speaking louder than words, what's going on in your environment. It is about getting realistic with yourself. So you got to catch yourself first and then check, take a moment to just check the realism of your thoughts, right? Ask yourself if these beliefs are based on evidence right? And whether they align with the complexities of addiction, like, are you overlooking the need for help? Are you overlooking uh, abuse? Are you overlooking, you know, poor behavior towards you? Like, are you putting up with things that are sacrificing your well-being? Are you, you know, are things actually getting better? Um, What is the evidence? So it's kind of like taking your thinking to court. So catch it first, then check it, check it and make sure you're not underestimating the challenges involved. You're not underestimating what you're going through and, and being realistic. So then the third part is to challenge we first catch it, then we check it, then we challenge. So finally, challenge your very your overly optimistic thinking, challenge it. So thoughts, thoughts, you want to really like look at it. Does, is this real? Is this like, is this, you want to incorporate a dose of realism is what I'm trying to say here. You want to be a realist. So encourage yourself to consider the potential setbacks, consider yourself to consider relapses, consider yourself to consider, you know, what addiction really involves 
and and also get really true with yourself get really honest with what you're going through with what you've gone through with what's out of your control and what's in your control and so this doesn't mean giving up hope this doesn't mean like you know okay you know i got to you know like throw the what is the expression the bath out with the baby water right away or i need to end this or, i'm not suggesting that at all i'm just saying these are wonderful steps that you can take so that you can gain you can really ground your optimism you can really ground that it'll get better mindset in reality it offers a more balanced perspective so that's it it's all about catching yourself so start noticing when you find yourself veering maybe a little more overly optimistic, or maybe you have that tendency anyway in your life. So you might probably already be saying these things, right? It'll get better on its own, or it'll get better. Um, they'll change soon, or things, things. I believe in him, or things like that. Catch yourself first, then check. Take a moment to check the realism of your thoughts. Ask yourself if these beliefs are based on evidence, right? And, or do they align with the complexities of addiction, right? Because we might be overlooking some things or underestimating the challenges that are involved and then challenge your thoughts. So that's the last step is like challenge those over the, any overly optimistic thought that you have, give yourself a dose of realism, encourage yourself to consider the potential setbacks, the relapses, all those things. And and that's that's it. This will offer a balanced perspective by practicing these new three C's for you. You can become more mindful of your thought patterns. You become more informed when it comes to decisions, problem solving, taking action, all those things. And you're better able to support yourself through this challenge. So again, this is all about focusing on you so you can take your life back, so you can move yourself back up on the totem pole, so you can be realistic, right? So this exercise is so powerful because it does balance, give you a balance between hope and realism and and helps you to contribute to ultimately a healthier approach to dealing with addiction, right? And so that's it. Basically, when you are navigating the complexities of supporting a loved one with addiction, it's so important to strike that balance between hope and realism. That's essential, so essential. And optimism can actually be motivating and it can build resilience. It can have, it does have a, a lot of positive effects, um, but it needs to be accompanied by clear understanding of the challenges involved, a clear and honest, realistic approach to looking at that. So by catching, checking and challenging all these overly optimistic thoughts and considering the benefits of setting boundaries, celebrating small wins, fostering a healthier focus on you can be a really effective approach. So that's it. I hope that this perspective shift, you know, on your current approach, that it'll get better, or maybe you catch yourself overly optimistic. I hope that this helps you so you can have a more balanced perspective looking at the situation. So that's it, my friends. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. I am sending you so much love and hugs through the line here. And um, I hope that you enjoyed that. Okay, we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.